That's all that matters. I was just talking about how I was struggling last time mid-convo to pull up your design and your astrology and I like having those in the background and then I stopped talking and you never answered and I was like what happened (laughs) I'm here I'm here I um I'm just so grateful that uh we're doing this again this is our our part two our take two Mm -hmm. and the cool thing is I think there's just a lot more that we can talk about. I think that's relevant to the time. I don't know if you want to talk about that at all, but I wanted to ask you how, how you've been just in general, since you and I spoke, um, and just kind of what's been going on for you. I think we spoke in January. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really? Okay. Maybe, maybe early February. Okay. Yeah. Time has been very weird for me in 2022 so far. Like it's felt very non-linear. So it's like, I guess we're also in Pisces season right now, which I always say time doesn't exist at all in Pisces season. So it's hard. I don't even know why I said, oh, whoa, when you said January, because my brain like can't even process time right now. Um, But let's see, how have I been? So I have been like, kind of well I want to say hermiting but I've been hermiting for much longer than the last couple of months I had a session on a human design session with one of my human design teachers a few weeks ago John Cole and I can't remember what made us go here but he pointed out something that he's all he's been paying attention to is that like the last nine weeks or so before someone's solar return aka birthday It seems to be this sort of like waning period, like this dark period before a new birth. And it makes sense astrologically, but I had never really paid that close of attention to that before. And he asked me like, because I was telling him, I feel like pregnant with energy. That's what I, I think that's what I was telling him, which is something that I've been saying for a while like there's this feeling of something's coming, something's coming. And that's what's been helping me to stay kind of disciplined in rest and trust the waiting process because from a mental perspective there's a lot I've wanted to like act on and create and initiate but something in me knows not yet but at the same time I've been very impatient so the something's coming in the background the feeling kind of pregnant with energy is is helping me to stay committed to waiting so that I don't initiate um something that's not as purposeful or useful or as as aligned as what I might be more clear on being able to create soon. So I was just processing all of this with my teacher, John, and he asked me if I've noticed, because I'm a eight degree Aries sun, my birthday's in the last few days of March. And he asked me if I've noticed this in the past, if I've noticed like January, February, March, feeling this sort of like slow down, dark balsamic energy and I've not been very good at, at paying. I've been a very bad astrologer in my seven years of practicing astrology of like keeping notes so that I can go back and look. But I do remember very clearly last year that this happened, that there was like a big decision I made in April that all of January, February, March, I was kind of in pain not having the clarity, being ready to make it. And that when I finally made that decision, it created so much space for me and a new trajectory for me. 
And so him asking me that was really helpful because now I feel more clear on what's happening for me right now. And honestly, that was probably just getting started last time we talked and I just wasn't as consciously aware that I was entering this this sort of balsamic phase. I keep calling it balsamic because if we look about it at it transit wise, what we're looking at is the transit sun in its cycle to my natal sun. And when it gets close to the birthday, close to the solar return, it's it's within the same distance of the transit sun, my natal sun is in within the same distance that we would call the balsamic moon period when the moon is waning in close towards the sun. So it's, you can kind of apply those balsamic periods and then the solar return you would think is like a new moon kind of energy. So this has been a very long new moon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. This has been a very long um, way of saying I'm in like a big kind of balsamic period right now. And feels like a lot of things are incubating. I love that you use the word discipline in, Mm -hmm. in terms of, of remembering to have that resting period Mm -hmm. and, and disciplining yourself to not sort of, I think for me, I would, I would be like punishing or I do in those kinds of periods, Mm -hmm. definitely do like punish myself. But I, I love that you use the word discipline to just sort of like, nope, we're staying focused and we know that what period this is. So we're not going to get too sort of caught up in what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so beautiful in a way because your birth is right when like spring is, is coming back out. So you're so aligned with the seasons in a way that a lot of people who aren't born around that time are not. I know. I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I, last year, I launched my Patreon for the, I I started with a different platform, but I launched what would become my Patreon on my birthday and prior to my birthday. So close to this time last year, I started getting these little hints of how I wanted to sort of structure some creative projects this year. And it was all based on certain astrological timing techniques that had to do with shifts that happened moving into my birthday, my 32nd year. 33rd year age 32 and I like so much fell into place for me over this last year and now I'm just like I think I want to do this always like I don't want to say always but going into this next year I'm starting to some of the stuff that's incubating and that I'm simmering on is like how am I going to structure this year? It worked so well for me to structure things according to those what's called annual perfections, which I can explain if you're curious or if you think your listeners would be. Absolutely, please. Okay, (laughs) cool. So annual perfections are uh, a Hellenistic timing technique, Hellenistic as in traditional Western astrology. And they're actually very simple compared to a lot of other timing techniques. You just need to know your age and your rising sign. And uh, essentially the technique is each house is perfected or activated every year of your life. So I just finished up, or I'm finishing up right now a ninth house year because I was age 32. Everybody at age 32 is in a ninth house year. So ninth house topics kind of come to the forefront. Ninth house is like your belief systems, teaching, um, long distance travel. I call the ninth house, the house of unfamiliar unfamiliar experiences and expanded perceptions. So like anything that kind of changes your consciousness. 
Um, and then the second piece of it that's arguably even more significant is the planet that rules your perfected house is um, your time lord for the year. And so for me as a Sagittarius rising, my ninth house in using whole sign houses, which is what we use in Hellenistic astrology is Leo. And that just means you start first house at Sag, which would be when you're zero years old and then 12 years old and then 24 years old. These are all the first house years. And then every birthday you just perfect into the next year. So because of where I am in the wheel, I'm in the ninth house, which everyone is at 32. And because that for me is Leo, I'm in a sun ruled ninth house year. Um, and my natal sun is in the fifth in Aries. So that comes to play a bit. Fifth house being creation and art and expression. Um, so I just coming into my ninth house year, I was like, okay, ninth, fifth. I don't even know how it really happened. It didn't feel like it was that. I don't feel like I was really consciously structuring it. It just like hit me. I remember being on the phone with a friend and just getting the idea that I wanted to, I think I mentioned this to you last time we talked, that I wanted to make art based on the sun seasons this year. So all this year I've been taking some acid shortly after the sun moves into a new sign and then writing a song, releasing a like 20 minute guided meditation and doing a, a podcast episode where I talk to someone with that sun sign through the sun seasons. Um, and so it's ninth house E because I get to like teach astrology and, and it's Leo E because I'm focusing on my public perception in a way. I also learned a lot about the exhaustion of being perceived the <laughs> this year and then it's fifth housey because I'm making art expressing myself but anyways yes all of this again to say that this whole year I've been so in love with the process and structuring my creative work according to those themes I knew would be at play and I'm planning to do it again now I'm moving into a 10th house mercury year so slightly different very different vibes um and making some plans according to that but I feel very lucky that for me, it's, it's in spring. So it's, it feels aligned in a lot of ways to be like, okay, I'm launching my, this is next year for me. This is what it looks like. I'm sure that's just, you know, partially because I am an Aries. So I carry that energy naturally, but I do, I have thought about lately a lot about how cool it is for me that my birthday is like seven days after the solstice. So I I really get to like piggyback on that energy as I launch myself into the next year. It's, it's, it's so beautiful to me. And I think there's probably many reasons in like, I guess my human design and astrology that could point to why I feel this way. But I always feel that when I know too much about um, things that are coming, or I guess what would be considered like the annual perfections or, or just noting it, mm-hmm. I will, it'll just get stuck up here. Yeah. And then it'll, it, it won't necessarily benefit me. And again, I, I don't know if that's just because I'm a Gemini and I don't, uh, there's not a lot of like Virgo stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like there is a, there is a, there is a level to prediction. I get not prediction yeah. that, that, um, gives me more anxiety than anything else, because totally. then it's like, what if I miss the window, you know, totally. and I, um, how do you grapple? Do you ever grapple with anything like that? Or is that not um, like, not really doesn't, cause you're so excited by all of this. It's such yeah. a. Well, that's never passion. happened for me specifically with annual perfections. Actually, that's not true. When I was moving into my eighth house year, 
I got scared because my eighth house year started right around when COVID was getting really intense and eighth house is like death and shit. So that did actually really add to my COVID anxiety those first few weeks. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm about to perfect into an eighth house year. People but, were dying. We were like afraid to touch our groceries at that point. Oh, remember yeah, that you know? was so uncomfortable. Um, and like, there's another timing technique called progressions, which sounds like perfections, but it's different. My Mars had just progressed into the eighth house, which is a once if ever, in a lifetime thing. So, and it happened like three days after my birthday. So I, yeah, that time it did freak me out, but it ended up being really cool because I just had to like, accept I might die and someone I know might die. And I like, and that's how it ended up manifesting. You know, it ended up being like, Kelsey, you need to look at some of these eighth house topics. Um, and you know, I was very lucky that I didn't lose anyone super close to me in the pandemic but or haven't I should say it's not over I guess but uh yeah so it's funny I was just about to say to you no I don't get nervous about perfections but I did that one time I had like a three week long panic attack but it was you know also a global pandemic yeah <laughs> getting going I mean, I think, yeah I mean that's pretty and I and I'm curious I know that a lot of people talk about like the astrology of the country like America Mm-hmm. as you know like our our birth and and sort of the the astrology of basically like february 22nd or you know right. february 22nd and and sort of the astrology of the next two years being so intense right. and now that we are on that other side of we know i think we knew what that intensity would be aka this sort of major violent aggression with russia and yeah ukraine but i yeah well, okay. First of all, I have to say this because I just feel like it's my responsibility to the Pluto return was the 20th, not the 22nd. And I don't know why right. so many people got all over the internet. People were posting two, 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 2022. Like I'm not, I'm nothing against numerology, numerological dates at all. It was just annoying to me that everybody was posting the wrong Dang. date because it's <laughs> more pressure. Cause I have like, I have like a open I'm like, open my head. centers yeah. are open. Yeah, open head yeah. and open. Uh, You're like, so I'm happening? like, what am I supposed to be doing? Why are you making me think about this? That's also something I was thinking about. I glanced at your design when you were saying that you've oh, got yeah. an undefined head and an undefined root, the pressure centers. Mm-hmm. So pressure to think, pressure to act is never actually for you, you know? Yeah. Um, it's something that's just meant to pass through you, but I could see how things like transits and astro timing could really easily hijack your system in those cases. Um, But you know what I always tell people, whether it's the case of personal transits or world transits, like the US Pluto return is it's all already happening. Like it's all a cycle. It's just to help you see, accept, surrender to where we are in cycles. There's nothing to be like, the Pluto returns, not the thing to be afraid of. It's what it represents which is already happening which is the collapse of society (laughs) but that's also what needs to happen and if it wasn't what needed to happen Pluto wouldn't be there right now you know so it's really just like trusting in trusting in divine timing and I also think there's this word I've been scribbling on my paper while we've been talking because it kind of speaks to how I've been structuring my creative work along with some of my astro stuff the word is kairos k-a-i-r-o-s it's an ancient greek word 
And in ancient Greek, they had two words for time and Kairos was one of them. So there's Kronos time, which is where we get the word chronological in English. It's the only version of time we have, like linear time, measured time. But then there's Kairos time, which is like the quality of time. And we don't have a word for that in English. We don't orient the quality of time. Astrology does. So those of us practicing that or um, like pagan holidays speak to the quality of time, right? Like seasonal things. But astrology takes it out of just seasons, right? Seasons, you could look at as just the sun transit around the year that repeats. Um, the lunar transit is one that some even non-astrologers or even non-like magical spiritual folk will still tune into to a point. People tend to know when the moon is full and accept that that has some significance, even if it's just the tides, you know, yeah. but then there's also Pluto and Neptune yeah. and Uranus and Saturn and Chiron and the slow moving ones. And those are all the background programming that informs the quality of time happening on those more seasonal levels so I think it takes time like like I said I'm seven years or so into living with an astrological lens so for me it's gotten to the point where I I just understand now the futility of worrying and I've had enough experiences personal through witnessing other people's personal stuff through watching the collective um move through the kairos the quality of time and how that's mirrored in the cosmos i've just seen enough now to prove to myself that it doesn't matter if i'm worried what matters is this is what's happening right now and it's stud knowing the symbolism and being able to see the cosmic mirror for what i or we are experiencing is just to me, it's just medicinal. It provides I, the, the language I've been using a lot lately is the cosmic context. I've been, I like put that in my bio recently that I'm a cosmic contextualizer okay. and I'm ruled by Jupiter. It's my ruling planet. Um, my Lord, if you will. And Jupiter's all about like, let's look at the bigger picture and make sense of things. Let's try to understand it. So for me, like that's what astrology does. And even if I see something challenging coming up, or even when something challenging does come up, being able to look and see the cosmic context helps me put it all into perspective, like so immediately, you know, and it's such a bomb. I love it. I love what you said. You said, well, the first word, I don't remember what you said, but then the second one was just acceptance and surrender. I mean, that's mm -hmm. really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even going yeah. back to what you had said before about, about the whole death thing, just accepting, like recognizing accepting surrendering to it mm -hmm. this is just what yeah. it is this is what's happening yeah. and yeah. i'll say too like this this thing i did this year of being like okay i'm in a leo ninth house sun ruled year natal fifth house aries sun the reason i was having a hard time even articulating to you how that came to be is because it wasn't like ooh, i want to structure my stuff according to my annual perfections that's not what happened at all it was like i can't even compartmentalize how it came to be because it was a mixture of feeling these senses of what I was organically drawn to create and then being able to on the next thought see how that fit into my cycles you know what I mean it's like it's like I'm getting to have a conversation with the beyond by tapping into what I'm organically experiencing and then having it 
mirrored back to me by my transits or my perfections. So it's not coming from a place of like mental forceness. It's like noticing already what's going on and then having that affirmed. Um, so I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but it makes so much sense because I, I think that's how I register a lot of stuff first. I think it's, it's stuff that I'm, I'm noticing that I'm feeling or, or what's coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think when I hear certain themes in terms of the timing of everything, it's definitely more sort of, uh, validating. Ugh, I hate mm -hmm. that word. <laughs> I hate the word validating because I'm like, it implies that I need validation. And yeah, I think I do a lot. So, um, but yeah, but I actually, um, for human, des human design is, is you had a class recently, you had the fundamentals oh of human gosh. design. How did it go? I taught for almost seven hours, Jennifer. <laughs> I stopped putting wow. end times on my workshops. So I teach a monthly workshop. Yeah. And I knew this one was going to be long. Uh, and I, I made it like more expensive than my monthly workshops normally are. And I, I've stopped putting end times because I'm like trying to lean into surrender to the fact that I'm not necessarily here to just present information, which was, is kind of what I've done in the past, but that it's a transmission. So it's information loaded with transmission and I don't really know exactly what's going to come through or how long it's going to take. So I normally write on my descriptions, like this workshop will be three ish hours, but no hard end time. This one, I think I said it will be four and a half ish, but no hard end time. And it ended up being almost seven hours, like six hours and 47 minutes. Um, which was funny. Cause I was just being very like, transparent as I was presenting it that I knew part of what was happening was this is my undefined sacral center not knowing when enough is enough that's like one of the voices of the conditioned undefined sacral center because as a sacral being which you are your body tells you and that's it that's your complete and that you've put the enough amount of energy into this thing for now here's some you feel satisfied go rest go regenerate or go do something else and with an undefined sacral, I don't know when enough is enough. I don't know when it's time to stop. And so that's part and of like as Jupiter as your, you know, exactly. And at. like motorized throat. So it's like, I can talk forever. No problem, you know, but then my sacral doesn't know when to stop. And I, it's not like, it wasn't bad. People were grateful. A lot of people didn't make it to the end, but um, people who did and people who didn't, you know, voice that they were grateful for how thorough it was. I realized that I basically taught um, everything that I had learned in my very first formal human design class, which is called living your design, that if you take it through the, uh, like official route of the International School of Human Design, which that's like a very long multi-part course that you take. Yeah. And I realized that i essentially taught everything and then some <laughs> that's wow. in that infused <laughs> with like download energy as well yeah like crazy I'm sure your higher self was just like jumping off you're just channeling yeah. all that shit out I mean it's really fun it's, I I love teaching like this is good list well, I could rattle teacher. off like exactly I could rattle off like eight things in my chart that are like this is who I am 
Um, so, you know, I felt really insecure about it afterwards. And I like, couldn't believe that there were people that hung out with me on zoom for seven hours. Uh, but it is what it is. And now I've got that and I'll probably tidy it up and sell it as like a more full length course that's what I was gonna ask that was gonna be my next question is like okay so when can anyone access that that's awesome yeah normally with my monthlies normally with my monthly workshops I just sell the like recording as is right after but I think I do want to like edit this one down and put it into a multi-part class so because who who wants to watch a seven-hour video I do (laughs) I do and also because you can like this is just so stupid but I'm just like learned about like increasing the playback speed <laughs> that's oh. how I watch like all my classes yeah wow I wonder I wonder like now I'm like meta in my head right now observing how fast I talk in this moment <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I don't think I'm a very slow talker I think I'm a pretty fast talker but you probably still could would probably like one, be a 1. 1. 1.5 yeah yeah one and a half I think two I my brain would just start to start to freak out because I do if I miss classes for whatever reason I'm taking an and um I don't know if, if I was taking this when I spoke to you but I signed up for it and I'm almost done with um an energy body mastery class through the last mask center and it's sort of like a prerequisite for I think what what ends up becoming this more of the shamanic classes and it's mm-hmm. been a really helpful class but a lot of times I'm not able to make the live classes so I just mm-hmm. I'll just kind of, uh, and it's a lot of meditation. It's a lot of experiential stuff. So there's a lot of pause. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I need to do that sense. with the human design class I'm taking right now. Mm. Um, my teacher that I'm learning from right now, his name's Olak, Olakanan Diaz, and he's a fellow emotional manifester like me. So when I was saying uh, my, my former human design teachers are both projectors and they're amazing. And I've loved learning from them. And then for different reasons, now it's really interesting learning from a fellow emotional manifester, because that's what I was thinking about when I was saying, I'm trying, I'm surrendering to the fact that what I'm teaching is a transmission, you know, like manifester teachers are, it's not going to be as much, there's not going to be as much like kind of invitation for dialogue and back and forth as you probably will see with the projector. Um, And then anyone who's got emotional authority in particular, it's all about the experiential piece. So there's going to be this like warm, emotionally heavy, slow kind of like passionate experiential download that comes with it. And so, so, yeah, it is. And it's like a lot of stuff (laughs) that in the past I've been really insecure about, you know, I've been like, Mm -hmm. why am I talking so much about my own experience? Let me just teach the thing. Or why do I think that there's value in me going on this long Sagittarian sort of journey? But even though there's aspects of learning from a lock that are really challenging for me, because I'm also a manifester and it's very difficult for me to learn without having that outlet to express is showing me so much about what impact is still available because like the way a locks class is formatted is there's five hours of video that you listen to each week and then just a two hour q a period and even in the q a we email the questions ahead of time we don't really talk and he just kind of waxes poetic in response and so it is sometimes tricky for me to stay engaged which is why i brought this up because i'm like i need to do the 1.5 on it 
but also it's wild because it's like I'll listen to an hour of him talking and at the end of it I don't really know exactly what I just learned but I can feel that I have changed you know I can feel that something massive has energetically shifted or there's these little lightning moments within it where like he articulates something in a way that I've never heard before that is so clarifying and it again energetically shifts something for me so it's been a very interesting experience to learn from like a fellow highly defined emotional manifester and just get more of a feel for what it what my impact feels like you know as a teacher that's so interesting so knowing just having that experience of being on the other side of what you mm-hmm. would be doing that's really mm-hmm. awesome i i do it's funny because I've been thinking about this a little bit, just doing what I do, which is just intuitive sessions for people or readings mm-hmm. for people. I'm realizing that more and more, it has to be through your lens. We function through, I mean, this is the machinery that we function through. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be our language, our symbolic language in one sense is going to have to do with who we are and the experiences mm-hmm. we've had. And I feel mm-hmm. like other humans as reflections of us and ourselves will feel that when it comes from someone personally, I, I think I've always felt like I do not. And I don't know if this is because of, I'm, well, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to question that anymore. I'm sure it's because of all the things, but it I is, feel yeah. like, <laughs> like I need a teacher who's passionate about what they're teaching personally. Like I can feel they have a personal connection to it. If they don't have a personal connection to the material, uh, it just goes right over my head mm-hmm. because I need to see someone engaged with it in a way because mm-hmm. I have to run it through mm-hmm. my system. Mm-hmm. And I think when I was giving readings for people, I'm like, I think it's kind of a myth that there's this like hollow bone and that I'm completely yes. objective. I'm like, everything that I read for people, there's always something that comes up that I'm probably, I'm like experiencing around the same time that they are. And that's the language I have for it because like what's coming through is legit like, oh, you just went through this or, oh, that thing will come up because I've been looking at it. But I think it's all orchestrated and and tied together. I'm just not Mm -hmm. seeing it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And and I think for a while I would be the same. I would kind of beat myself up a little and be like, God, you're like making it up and everything's gotta be about you. And you're such a narcissist and you can't be that way if you're doing these sessions for people. But, but I realize that's, that's part of the deal that it has to be part of the deal. We we're looking through our lenses for a reason. Mm -hmm. Otherwise we Mm -hmm. wouldn't be so individuated. Is that a word? Yes. All of those are words. Yes. (laughs) They all resonate with me. And that's why I love, like, that's why I'm so ever since I discovered both of these systems at different times, astrology and human design, I've been so head over heels for them because it's so clarifying in that this is, we're all a channel and this is the frequency that comes through your channel. And anytime that you're trying to distort that frequency, because you think it should be a different frequency, you're actually massively limiting the amount of energy that come through you. Like distorted frequency is not supportive for anyone. So, you know, it's funny that you bring up the idea of like, I don't think you use the word channel, but like hollow, you said hollow something. Hollow bone. That's like a shamanic term. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting because for me, I was starting to think about like channeling, you know, that's what I was thinking about. And for me, this process of, just allowing myself to 
go wherever I need to go when I'm teaching, when I'm in sessions on these, you know, I felt really insecure at the start of this conversation. Cause I was like, what am I even talking about? Like you asked how I was. And then I launched into all these things. Oh, I, didn't, I, like, I didn't know where, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know where the fuck it was going. I don't know if it landed. I don't know if some people signed off. You don't need to land talking. on this podcast. <laughs> No but landing just, necessary. Like being meta that this is, I'm still dealing with this a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I've, yeah. what I've surrendered to is that that's all my mind. It's my mind trying to get in the way of the clear and clean frequency that wants to come through me. And I'm not, it's not about me or me feeling understood or me feeling like people will praise me for the smart things I say. Uh, it's not about me worrying that there will undoubtedly be people who tune into my voice that are like, wow, this bitch talks about herself so much like that's going to oh. happen, you know, yeah. um, but it's not for it's not for me from a mental place to discern. I'm a fucking channel, you know, and the more that I decondition. The more I'm just like, oh, OK, you're what you bring through is right. And it continues to be more what seems to me to be really like kind of manic and unhinged <laughs> you know like but that's what it feels like to me I mean this classic Pisces season content I think when right we're now. trying to when you're trying to anchor in the highest frequency of your uh self so your highest self whatever is your connection point to source or however you want to call it you have to be a little manic and, and a little mm-hmm. cray because it's, mm-hmm. it's not fit for a third dimensional right. brain in the way that we know it. And in like our current consciousness, we're, we're literally mm-hmm. just trying to expand it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and I'm looking to like, I think a lot in my design, I've got um, the 5720, which is a channel that goes from the spleen to the throat. Um, and I, I'm like, can never remember the exact names of the channels and the gates, but I know that one has to do with like intuitive speaking intuitively in the now, mm. and yeah. you have two direct to the throat. Like, well, three direct I'll to show the throat you. channels. Is, um, so I had Ashleen Aguilar. Oh yeah. You on, did show me this. And she, she does paintings of, of your human design. So this was, this was mine. Everyone who can't hear go to the video. Um, but this was, uh, this is what you painted. Mm-hmm. And that's when I learned about Ajna's to find yeah. Ajna's, which I was like, so you've got this really powerful channel, the 3420. So we both have the 20 in the throat. I have the 5720. So it's like intuitive knowing in the now to the throat. You've got the 3420, the 34 is the gate of power. Cause it's comes from the sacral, which is life source. So you've just got this direct channel of life source power to the throat. And you've got uh, the twelve point two. I'm just gonna edit that part and just play it in my ear every single morning. You got that. Power. I've got the power. <laughs> I've got yeah. the power. Um, so, but yeah, you've got also got an emotional center to the throat. So emotional manifester vibes in a big way, even though you're a man gen, because you've got the solar plexus, the emotional center directly to the throat. And you have your Ajna channel directly to the throat. So for you, there is also a lot of mental awareness, um, life power and emotional awareness and fuel immediate have having immediate access to your throat. Um, you know, I think for a lot of other people, like if you don't have a defined throat, uh, or you don't have a channel to the throat, which is the same thing, you need a channel to the throat to have defined throat, but 
there there's people out there who if they were to put themselves in a position where they were like oh i'm supposed to just be ready to talk at the go all the time Mm -hmm. that's a should that's now a distortion of their actual frequency but for people like us with so much energy constantly in our own definition going to the throat we always have something to say there's always something to express and it does it's all it's easy to do too much you know and i did i do that when i teach all the time i don't have a defined sacral so i don't know when enough's enough um but at the same time a lot of it kind of makes me love you though i'm like i love anything that doesn't know when to stop like sign me up I'm always happy to. I wonder what that's about. Oh, that's your, your Taurus South node. You're like, give me the excess. <laughs> totally excess. I love excess. I'm all about excess. Yeah. Um, but that's I think, funny. you know, for people like you and me, a lot of, I could see our not self being more like the undefined centers trying to get in the way of that direct channel. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There was one word that I kept hearing all throughout last year uh, every time I would s- sort of sit down to write whatever I was channeling out uh, notes wise for, for clients before the session. Um, and the word that kept coming through was rehearsal. So my client, my guides and, uh, and, and some other psychic friends have kind of like spoken, <laughs> you know, connected to what that was. And, and it really is like this, this sort of closing, my mental is just getting too involved um, cause it's like, I'm, I'm Gemini, 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 and then I have a Pisces moon. So it's like, I, I have all of this stuff that I'm trying to diffuse up. That's why I feel like I'm like, does it make sense that I need fire so that I can heat up the water and become a vapor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely this sort of balance of, um, distilling down this, you know, knowing of the all and, and kind of mm-hmm. trying to to really verbalize it in a way that's that's effective, which when it works, it's it's really cool to to be a part of and to be mm-hmm. able to do. Um, but there's definitely moments where my mind will just kind of, I'm not connecting right. And then I'm like, why am I not connecting right? Why am mm-hmm. I asking why I'm not mm-hmm. connecting right? Why am I asking yes. that I'm asking that I'm asking? And then it just Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so much undefined head stuff. Like the head center <laughs> yes. is like, ask this now, ask this question. And I have an undefined head as well. Um, like, you know, with the the sacral, I keep saying the undefined sacral, not self voices, not knowing when enough is enough in the head. It's like feeling like you need to have answers to questions that you actually don't even have. Like those aren't even your questions. You know, those aren't even your mental pressures, but yeah. this is how you can start to see some of this stuff coming together. Like some of the times when I'm talking and talking and talking, it is my undefined head feeling like, well, I don't have the answer. So let me just keep talking until I can try to get it. You see what I'm saying? It's like all of it coming together. So it's not just that because I have so many connections to the throat that I should actually always be talking. My definition can get distorted when I start to come from a place of should in the undefines. Yeah. And that, that's what I always tell people who are interested in this kind of work. It's like you, your work, the work that you do is to get rid of the shoulds. Mm-hmm. And to understand your shoulds, why, yeah. you know, what, where they're coming from, because that's never, it's never going to be a healthy, I like that you said distorted, that really, um, it really does distorts the frequency of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one mm-hmm. thing I really love so much about human design is it's like, we all have different shoulds and our shoulds change our frequency in different ways. And like it's differentiated. It's called the science of differentiation. That's like human design's little tagline. 
Um, it's it just makes uh, me think of that disco ball that Jessa talks about. You know, I don't know that I know that analogy. It's, it's like we're all we're all it's we're all here we're complimenting each other because there's okay, a space yeah. for all of us and yeah. i used to get the images just like a, a, a ray like a ray from the sun mm. so you know you have a spherical gaseous yeah. ball and there's rays coming out of it there none of them will cross and the mm. way that jessa described it was it felt similar where it's like there's all these little pieces of mirrors around the disco ball and they're all mm. reflecting their own thing mm. they're all part of the the mm-hmm. whole mm. it's like love we're it. not supposed to yeah like i, love I always use like the word prismatic i don't know if i can mm. articulate exactly why but that's the the word that always comes to mind for me when i think about it like we are all vantage we are all the same consciousness but from a different we're looking through a different prism um we're a different yeah, I guess that's the disco ball piece, right? Love like it. A different angle. We're looking at from a different vantage point. Um, and I remember what I was going to say before too, that the thing with human design is it's telling you where you're undefined. You are meant to experience all potential possibilities, all the ranges of potential for that center that's undefined or that gate or that channel. So the shoulds never stop. You never stop getting the shoulds because you're going to get all you, for example, in the head center, the undefined head center, like you're going to get to get to experience all the different flavors of mental pressure. And you're meant to, you're meant to have this like antenna that's just online. That's like, what could, what could possibly come through here? You know, like what questions and mental pressures could possibly enter? You're meant to feel them all, but because you're undefined there, you're not meant, it's about how you handle that pressure. You're not necessarily meant to let that pressure rule you. You're supposed to allow all these different mental pressures to come into then your defined Ajna, where you navigate, well, what do I want to fit into the way that I think? Does that make sense? So like the shoulds aren't bad. The conditioning's not bad. It's just a matter of continuously anchoring and grounding into your definition, which is where you will recognize the consistent aspects of yourself and allow those to guide you through the, um, Robin Wynn calls them God portals, the undefined centers. They guide you through the, the, the mysteries of the universe, the mysteries of consciousness, because there's no, there's no tether in your undefined centers. It's Pisces energy, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I love, um, I love this. I see. I knew like it would be an easy conversation. Like we don't have to. There's definitely no worries here. Um, you knew my motorized throat I, with my no, not like, knowing when enough was enough. I just. <laughs> it wasn't about knowing. It was about feeling. It was like I. I just kind of knew and felt that it would be okay. But um, after we learned, after I learned um with about the Ajna and like defined and undefined my daughter and I looked at my son and my husband's uh, human design and they both have undefined Ajnas and mm-hmm. she and I both have defined Ajnas and we're, and we read all about it. And we're like, Oh, and so there'll be situations in the house where we'll kind of look at each other and we'll be like undefined Ajna. Like they're being assholes. They just don't know how mm-hmm. to like move forward or like mm-hmm. decide. Like it's mm-hmm. very difficult. It's very difficult to get a, an opinion mm-hmm. from them about certain things. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. I think that's another great aspect of human design is like learning other people around you, uh, learning their charts. If it's, you know, something that, Huge. you know, 
It's because so we're cute. just plugging into each other's energy all the time. And if we're able to navigate that in a way that doesn't take ourselves, doesn't allow us, if we can navigate it in a way where we do not allow those fluctuating frequencies to overwhelm our definition and our own individual sovereignty and knowing, then it's play, you know, then it's gathering wisdom, then it's learning, then it's like reveling in the beauty of the mysteries of the universe. But the moment that we forget our own consistency and our own knowing our own definition, and we forego it because of one of these things coming through where there's openness, we lose ourselves, we distort, we're now showing up in a not clear expression of who we are. And in relationality, like understanding how different, like your husband and your son are not meant to be anchored in opinion, the way that you and your daughter are for them to feel certain of anything is the not self. Very true. And it's interesting because they're both very heavy Capricorns. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then my, my daughter and I are both, well, she's Libra and I'm Gemini. Yeah, that's, such I a- could see that more for Libra, but it is interesting. Like I do t- tend to associate undefined Ajna with Gemini energy. So it's interesting right? to see that for you. Um, weird. Yeah. I was surprised too. I was like, it doesn't feel it's, it's an interesting kind of thing that they have to balance out. But then you've got like a whole stack of stuff in Gemini. So I don't know, you can kind of see that as with the, you still still have the undefined head, which Mm -hmm. is like the shiny, shiny squirrel energy, you know, but then it gets filtered into almost, it's almost like, cause I have significant Gemini placements and I have undefined head and Ajna, and I'm always kind of conflating them and being like, Gemini, my brain, my head's completely open. But for you, it's like when Gemini is your rising sign, it's your whole filter. So when that perception piece is your whole filter, like it's what you're here to do is perceive and learn. You can kind of see how that could easily flip into, oh, definition there. You're anchored in this process of conceptualization, perceiving, taking things in, chewing on them. Like that's literally what you're here to do as a Gemini rising. And you know, you're seeing that (laughs) (laughs) you are like here to think, you know, you don't have to, to shame yourself for being a a thinker. Yeah. I hate the word overthink. I don't use the word overthink anymore. Cause I'm like, well, is what would be better underthinking? Is that what we're telling people? Like, is that what we're supposed to be doing? But no mind as a witness that's like the human design well a lot of systems that's also like yoga and meditation and um but passenger consciousness is the language used in human design even when you're defined in the head and or ajna even then whether you're defined or undefined the mind is just meant to be the passenger it's not meant to be what leads the show Right. It's, oh, it's so funny because I, I think, I, I don't know if I was telling you about this before, but I I've been on clubhouse quite a bit and there's a lot of conversations where there's a lot of people that are just very heavily anchored in the mental and saying, mm-hmm. no matter what experience you're having, it's all coming through your brain's perception of it. And I'm like, no, it's not like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that because I know that, um, there are things that my body's saying to me that's mm-hmm. yeah maybe it has to be filtered through my head i guess just mechanically it has to kind of come through mm-hmm. the brain because i'm synthesizing the information but i'm 
absolutely feeling it and having something just pop in without really yeah. processing it too mm-hmm. much. So I don't know. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I love human design too, because it's like mind body. Here's nine different physiological places where you can set an intention to notice what's coming through in these nine different flavors, these nine different ways, you know, like there's so much that I have benefited from and that I fully agree with and the universalities of like, listen to your body, use your intuition, mind, body connect, like all of that is useful to a point, but then can so quickly lend to a homogenized perspective of like, we're all receiving information the same way, or we're all meant to have the same relationship to information that comes through mental awareness, Ajna, emotional awareness, solar plexus, the gut, uh, sacral, right. Um, instinctive awareness. That's the spleen. So it's just this, uh, I think I said this last time we talked, but, you know, I think about really getting to know your astrology or your human design as energy work. It's an energetic attunement that's happening. I used to do Reiki and I like went through all the Reiki levels and I started, I did a four or five rounds of attuning people to level one and level two Reiki. And even while I was doing it, I knew I wasn't going to do it for a long time, but there was something about the attunement experience that felt very good to me. And I could feel that it was going to still be, it was going to remain with me even after I maybe didn't use Reiki directly. And then recently I started to realize that I've also been doing attunement work through introducing people to their astrology, or even if not introducing them to their astrology, helping them understand it more, um, and then human design, you know, it's like you get, this is how frequency comes through your channel. You know, you get attuned to it to help you. It's like it happens all at once and, and that's very powerful. But then if you keep coming back to it, it's like a way to keep coming home to yourself. But, you know, in Reiki, what I would, what I eventually came to understand and would teach is that Reiki is just life source energy and everybody has access to it all the time. But when you're attuned to it, it shows you how it feels so that you can continue to recognize it, right? With intention. And that's exactly what human design, that's how it works. If you ask me, at least. (laughs) I love it. Do you do any kind of, or have you ever done, and this is just everyone who's listening, it's, you're going to hear me mention this on like every, the next <laughs> five episodes, but I, I just started a Qigong practice through this class. Do you ever do mm-hmm. like Qigong or Tai Chi or anything like that? I had like a Qigong phase a couple of years ago. I really liked it. I'm so bad at sticking with anything, um, but anything physical, I should say yeah. <laughs> I, I stick with, uh, these mental things, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I do remember I would do, I would try to do like 10, 15 minutes in the morning and I felt some shit for sure. Yeah. What were you going to share about that? Well, I mean, I was just, I think today it's been, it's been life-changing for me, but it's also, it's like, you know, I'm going to be 46 years old. It's been a long time that I haven't committed to something physical Mm -hmm. and I've known that I needed to, because I'd just been getting a lot of intuitive hits that like movement is very important for me. Mm -hmm. Movement is almost as important as speaking is for me. And it's, it's just because of, I, I feel like it's just because of the, the body type and the way it really like helps me with my energy and like helps moving it through. Um, but one of the things I've been realizing the last couple of days that I'm doing it is I am seeing, um, 
And it's funny because it's like all the stuff that I've heard and learned over the last like five or six years. And, and, but now I'm like feeling it and seeing it, that there's basically like a crystalline structure that I'm building Mm. as I strengthen stuff. Mm. And it made me think of it when you said prismatic, because I, I'd been, there's the one move where you're like filling. I don't, I don't know, because I know there's like so many different kinds of Qigong, but there was, there's one one of the moves is, is really kind of like filling your space with like golden light energy and like, think of it, it's like an egg. And what I've been noticing when I scan my boundaries is they're, they're being constructed in a more like crystalline pattern, mm-hmm. but it's, but I can see that it's just starting. Mm-hmm. It's not like done yet, but mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, Oh, so this is like Merkaba. This is like the crystalline energy that we are trying to embody for ascension. Yes, I love that. Okay, totally different, but you can find the universal um, synthesis in it. I was like, I was at the gym before we were talking um, earlier today. You, God damn it. I've been mostly sticking with the gym, but um, (laughs) not whatever. Uh, (laughs) I don't have a lot of earth in my chart. I'm earth deficient, so that's where I struggle the most physicality, but, um, Same. I was jogging and I was thinking about like form it, Cause I, I like lift, I do like Tabata lift circuits. I don't know how, what the right words are for any of this stuff, but I was thinking about how I've, I've never really been taught form in working out, but I, yoga has been a really big part of my life. And I had maybe like eight years where I practiced physical asana yoga really regularly. I've, I practice yoga all the time now, just not so much asana. Um, And I was thinking about how my yoga practice taught me how to lift weights because it taught me the form of my body. You know, it taught me. So that's what I was thinking about hearing you say that about Qigong. And it made me think about like how malleable our consciousnesses or our existences, our physicality, our reality because, you know, I, I'm here talking about it, the aspects of it that are like mental awareness and how that can infuse with energy work between like astrology and human design um, and these like physiological awarenesses and deconditioning and all of that. But uh, it's the same thing on the physical level when you practice yoga and your, and your posture just improves, right? Or when you practice yoga and you suddenly know how to move through the world uh, with less attachment, you know, a parigraha, non-grasping, not being attached to things. And this is the same principle at hand when in the new age communities, people are talking about manifestation, right? And the, the, the uh, power of positive thinking. And while not everybody who preaches those things is actually very rooted in, in understanding how it really works and not doing it in a, a bypassy way, um, the universal laws of those things I very much subscribe to because it really, I don't know, something just like clicked for me hearing you talk about that with Qigong. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's all that's present in all of these things. Like our experience on the physical, energetic, mental, emotional, spiritual planes is all malleable. And it's all like practice, you know, it's all practice and attunement right. and reattunement and conditioning and deconditioning. Yeah. Practice is the, is the key word because it's, I think the, 
you know, like I've, I've been introduced to all these things for like 20 years and none of it ever stuck. And I mm -hmm. think with the reason why Qigong is made now, I think it's because of age. It's because I'm, I'm noticing like my body is, is changing and I've been no, like, you know, I definitely have like, I'll think about stuff for like a long time and I won't do anything about it. And then I get very anxious. The anxiety for me, I know is usually because I'm supposed to be doing something and I'm not, I'm just not doing it. And when I'm, when I'm doing this particular practice, I'm able to kind of, I almost use like a little bit of a somatic approach. Not really. I'm not trying to like remix it or anything, but like, I definitely feel different things in my body that I'm trying to like, okay, well, this needs to be stretched right now. Or if I'm tuning into this part of my body, you know, I, I need to move it this particular way. And I, mm -hmm. I sort of make it, I do, I do a little bit of like free movement for myself and then, and then I'll go into the practice of it, but practices is the main thing. And, and the knowledge that every day is going to be different. You're not going to be perfect one day. You're not going to have the same feeling. And I think mm -hmm. at the, at my current sort of level of, of learning and knowing of myself, it's, it's been really helpful to just say, okay, today was an off day. I'm just going to do it again tomorrow. Yeah. And while I'm in it, knowing that I just fucking enjoy it so much. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, but like beforehand in time, Kronos, <laughs> you know, the quality of the time, like, I'm like, oh, I have to, I have to do my yeah. thing. And, Ugh. but then, and I know, but I've been trying to put myself in it beforehand so that I'm like, you will love that. You will be mm -hmm. very happy because you're, you know, I have a little ritual. I do a little bit of plant medicine. I, I, I go outside and I do it. I get all like bundled up and, and it's just, um, it always, uh, always does what I need it to do. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I, but I needed to be at the point where I was ready to right. engage with the practice consistently. And I don't know if I'm going to do it forever, but I yeah. think for now that's the plan. Yeah. You needed to be able to like organically arrive to it and not arrive to it from a place of should. Yeah. Shitting all over myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's the worst. I'm, I'm like, have been feeling sometimes I think this is an emotional having emotional authority thing, which we share where we know like one of our other centers is telling us that something is for us or something is not for us. But when you have emotional authority, it doesn't, in your case, you've got sacral and emotional defined. So your sacral might tell you, I really would get satisfaction of doing something physical, but the emotional is like, but not yet. You don't know yet. Like you need to ride the wave a bit. There's not emotional clarity on it. So it's a lot about timing and there's a lot of waiting involved with emotional authority and so much waiting. Yeah. So For me, I feel like I'm having the opposite experience right now where I'm like, wow, I'm like, I really want to get really healthy. I really want to get so healthy. Like I used to be a vegetarian. I'm not anymore. I like have known for a long time at some point I will probably be vegan again uh, or I was never vegan before but vegan I want to like give up coffee I want to get back into my asana practice and but I know that if I did it right now it would be coming from should because I don't like I don't know if it's so much the emotional authority for me but I have a defined heart a defined ego center so it's like I, my ego, my will is inflexible. I either have the will for something or I don't. 
And I know that as soon as I truly have the will to get really serious about my physical health, that I can do it. No problem. That's like the benefit of having a defined heart center. I know if my heart's in it, I can do it, but my heart's just for whatever reason, you know, my mind really wants to get in shape and be healthy. And I understand the value of that. I understand why I should not be caffeinating two or three times a day, but my heart's just not in it yet. So I'm like waiting, you know, (laughs) it's, it's so true. And like, and, and just to reemphasize, like I, not a second before like mm-hmm. you, you cannot do it a minute mm-hmm. before and maybe and I have to say like the the knowing that in my life path um I think in my human design that like 50 is when I like start you know really being like the wise one I don't remember yeah. it's like a six three or yeah something. it's like your version yeah. of of um being pregnant right now like I was talking yeah. about at the beginning you're like oh, I'm, I'm not the role model yet yeah and, it's 50, but it's like, I'm like, oh, I've got, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I got like four more years. I'm good. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have to put that kind of pressure on myself mm-hmm. right now, which is really mm-hmm. helpful. But and I think is- that like, yeah. Arriving at where your heart is like in it, it has, mm-hmm. to, be that way. It has mm-hmm. to be that way. And this is like, this comes full circle to what we first talked about, you know, like, and it bring this is, this is passenger consciousness. Passenger consciousness is going, ah, oh, how interesting. I'm not doing the thing I thought I wanted to do right now. My body my knowing, whatever, however you want to talk about it, my definition, my inner authority is leading me elsewhere. Okay, I'm along for the ride. You know, the timing is not up to our minds. And what a fun ride it is. <laughs> it can be. It yeah. Can be. My my current human design teacher always ends classes by saying, enjoy the flows of your movie. Or enjoy the yeah, and I hope you all enjoy the flow of your movie. Uh, ooh. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I'm an intermission. That's like old timey mm. movies. Yeah. On the roof, <laughs> on the roof feels like a long intermission for six yeah. lines. Totally. Age yeah. 30 to 50. Yeah. That's why I need to have my fun and my Nutella. Just yes. <laughs> well, Kelsey, uh, thank you so much for making the time again. It is always a pleasure I'm so happy to see you and to talk to you I I could talk to you forever so you know whenever yeah you want to come I'm back. sure we'll trade I'm I'm planning on starting four podcasts in this next mercury oh, year <laughs> just a couple of things so um things. yeah I would love yeah. to come back and I'm I'd love to have you on one I'm, of mine I'm at there. some point slash just talk for other reasons whenever <laughs> absolutely so um just for everybody's sake just tell tell everybody where they can find you obviously my website okay cool yeah my website there uh that's where I put my monthly workshops that I teach astrology human design other spiritual things I just teach what I feel like each month my website you'll see the tab um for my workshops which are live every month and then I'm going to be launching I have a 12 week astrology class that I used to do live that I'm going to I'm getting ready to launch it as self-paced the human design fundamentals class will be out self-paced soon as well um and then yeah it's hard for me to know exactly what to say right now because I'm in that last incubation period so probably by the time people find me through this podcast my business is going to look pretty different than it does today Uh, But my website's Kelsey Rose Tort, and that's my Instagram handle as well.
Kelsey, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jen. Thank you.